get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Ottawa Red Blacks are in a little bit of trouble right now. Their franchise quarterback, Jeremiah Masoli, out with injury for the season. And it will be up to Dustin Crum to rally the Red Blacks with one win on the season, taking on one of the top teams, if not the best team in the CFL, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Welcome inside game day, Winnipeg. And of course, when we... Get the pregame show going here. We bring in the man, the myth, not so much, the living legend, very much so, Chris Wallaby. Oh, What's going on, Bluto? Hey, I'll tell you right now, it's pretty interesting. And when you look at this, this might be one of those games that may surprise the heck out of you. You talked about the fact that Mazzoli, listen, I feel so bad for this guy, Jeremiah Mazzoli. I'm obviously, he got hit by, uh, I think it was Garnet Marino. The guy from Saskatchewan broke his leg. He was out all last year. He comes back, rehabs like a mad dog. Comes back here, and now he blows his eye. You know, he get now he's got Achilles. Yeah, it was ACL I, I and now Achilles. Yeah, ACL. He might. He may just have to uh, really look at life because I mean he's getting some decent cash from Ottawa. Uh, but having said that, they can release him now before September uh, because of that. They have a clause in the contract unless he's got a guaranteed contract. A lot of times, unless he's still injured, and that's another thing they'll have to go into, but you're not going to carry a guy like this again, and you're not going to take it. I, I, no offense to Jeremiah Masoli. I'm a big fan of him, uh, of the way he plays. But if I'm an organization, I'm basically cutting my losses. I think we've seen the last of him, unfortunately. He's a heck of a football player, and I wish him the best. I hope he recovers 100%. But I don't think you'll see Jeremiah Masoli in the CFL uh, after this year. I just think he's got to start taking care of his body for life after football. And that's, uh, it's going to come down to the Rocket Man. He's the guy that gets it done. As a little Elton John there. Uh, he, how about this guy, eh? Dustin Crom, a rocket scientist, engineer. Like, uh, reading his background is, is phenomenal. This guy is a very, very intelligent guy. So, um, you know, while I went back and looked at some of his stats, he was like the player of the year in 21 somewhere in Kent State, I think. So, I mean, he can play. But hey, no these experience guys. As you know, Chris, these guys wouldn't be playing in the CFL if they didn't have game. But it's what you show on the field when the lights are on, right? And Dustin Crum led the CFL last week in rushing yards with 94. He nearly put that team on his back and, and helped them win. He almost uh, win. If he didn't get tackled at the three-yard line or four-yard yeah. line, whatever it was, uh, they would have won. They were actually winning 13-9 to in the third quarter against the Thai Cats. Um, you know, he's not a bad football player, but as you say, yeah. Here's a guy that's thrown an entire 21 passes in the CFL. He is now the leading rusher coming in today's game for the Red Blacks. The leading rusher after one game, 98 yards, whatever he ran for last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just crazy, man. He's going to have to take off a lot and use his legs big time today to avoid that rush because, like, say, I think you might have mentioned it too in the only earlier broadcast or one of your beautiful hits about the Texas connection, the two ends. You know, Jackson and Jefferson, who are really coming to play. Willie's playing lights out right now, but I love the fact the first thing he did was give credit to his other line mate in uh, Jackson. He says, they can't double-team me because then they'll let him go. So 
They're, he's going to have to. They're going to have to. Uh, Kahari Jones, the offensive coordinator, who we all know very well and love. Of course. Had a great career in Winnipeg. Um, he's going to have to have one heck of a game plan for this young quarterback and this offense to win this game. Uh, we got a lot to get to on the show today. We are going to hear directly from Zach Kolaris. He talks about uh, Winnipeg's win over the Calgary Stampeders. What was working so well late in the game? Maybe what wasn't working so well early in the game. He also talks about um, uh, Terrell Pigram, who is now an Ottawa Red Black and will be dressed as the third stringer on Saturday. Um, and we're also going to hear from the man who I think really put himself out there as a emerging star in the CFL. And that's Greg McRae had the long touchdown off the arm of Zach Kolaris. I asked him about that. We'll hear from him uh, in response to that, as well as uh, that crazy 102 yard return from a missed field goal that really swung uh, the game to Winnipeg's yeah. favor uh, in momentum. But when you're talking about that D line, Chris, Jackson Jeffcoat was the highest rated pass rusher yep. by pro football focus this past week. Uh, Winnipeg. How about this tops in the league with 28 pass knockdowns 28 second yep. is Saskatchewan with 18. So they're nearly like three to two ratio on the, the next best team when it comes to pass knockdowns, Willie Jefferson, Evan Holm, and Dietrich Nichols. So the, the rush end and the two halfbacks are tied for the league lead with five pass knockdowns apiece. Teams on pace for a record 104. That would be the best in the CFL since uh, 1991. Well, it would be the best ever, but the record currently, the 1991 BC Lions had uh, 89. Wow, that's crazy when you think about it. But they're being playing well. I mean, I'm not surprised when you think, when you mentioned two of the three guys. Willie, I'm not surprised about Willie. Willie's six seven frame. He's got hands to go up there. You know, he's like a seven foot guy right there. And then of course you got a guy that no one talks about, but who's having an all star, all Canadian MVP type year in Dietrich Nichols. And the guy that surprised me the most, and the guy that I'm really proud of, and the way he's playing is a UND grad in uh, Evan Holm, who he's has really good. played well. I mean, yeah. you know, he's smart. He's not getting beat on the deep ball. He's not biting on. He's not looking into the backfield to read the quarterback. He's playing honest football, and I call that by just staying with your reads, know where you got to be, don't try and cheat, play solid, and that's what he's doing. Yeah, he, he's been outstanding, as have uh, a whole handful of players uh, in the yeah. Blue Bombers' defense. Malik Clements is somebody I think that uh, mm -hmm. has really elevated his game in his second season with Winnipeg, third in the CFL. Uh, we're going to talk about Demario Houston as well. Um, Dietrich Nichols was one player that uh, Zach Kolaris uh, spoke of. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun wrote a, a great piece uh, on Tuesday, I believe it was, and talking about Dietrich Nichols being this quiet star because you don't hear from him a lot during the game because as Zach Kolaris puts it, and we'll hear from Kolaris in, in a second, I wouldn't want to throw his way either. You know, he, he is that good. Very smart. Very so, smart. you know, the, the Bombers might be without Jamal Parker and Winston Rose, and we'll get into the, the injury reports and what we saw in practice this week is some good news is on the horizon, but, yes. uh, even with those uh, DBs banged up, Chris, uh, they look really, really good. It's not just the D line and the linebackers. That back end is playing really well. And you got to think about what they do. A lot of guys don't understand what goes on in the locker room to study the guys you're playing. So every team is different. Every receiver is different, but they'll break down tendencies. So we'll use Dietrich Nichols as an example. He's going to break down the tenant tendencies 
of what a Justin Hardy will do, what a Cecil Marino will do, you know, what a Scarver will do on the other side. Jalen Acklin, who I know is a heck of a football player, played in Hamilton last year. They go and say, what are their favorite routes? They break them down, and they've got tendencies. And a good team will really look at those tendencies and, and, and work on them all week in practice. They'll show them. So then when they come up and they see certain formations, you kind of, you know, you eliminate and you say, okay, this is what they're going to do. Watch now. They might do a doubling up, you know, a little waggle and a post, you know. So these are things that uh, I think the DBs don't get a lot of credit for because there's so much studying in there, and especially with these guys. And you're talking about Nichols. You're talking about Evan Holm. Actually, I'll talk about every halfback in the league. The ability to play the waggle is such a skill set. When you guys got a running start, and I can't have contact with that guy after five yards, it is so, so tough and demanding on these guys. They are, to me, some of the great athletes on every football team, maybe the best athletes on our football team. Should we take a look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers depth chart for week six against the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks here? Let's make it a little bigger for everybody. How about we do that? And, uh, you know, not too many changes. Carlton Agadosi returns uh, to the lineup here, uh, has been in, on the one game injured list for a while. Janarian Grant, well, he is he comes out this week, Chris. Uh, really unfortunate yeah. on that uh, second half offensive play where he went down to injury. Uh, it is a left ankle. And, uh, or pardon me, I don't know if it's left or right, but it is an ankle injury and he is on the six game injured list. So Greg McRae will handle kick and punt return duties, which uh, I think leaves Winnipeg in some pretty good hands. Uh, but how do you feel about uh, a player playing slot back and, you know, like starting at slot back, playing a lot of offensive snaps and then stepping in, uh, stepping into the lineup as, uh, as a returner as well. I don't think there's any issue at all. I think he's such, they're all in such great condition now. Uh, you know, it's not like the old days where the guy would come in, as you say, they protect them. So they only play them on special teams. I think Greg McCray is a special type of football player. Uh, he can run forever. You saw him on that 102 yard missed field goal return. He's got wheels to burn. I mean, he can just turn it up another notch. So I think it's a great thing having him in that, in that slot back place. I love to see him getting more involved. You saw that pass. He blew by everybody on that 68 yard touchdown pass. That really blew the doors off the Calgary Stampeders last week. I love the fact that guys, you know what? You don't sit a put it this way. You don't sit a weapon on the bench. That's stupidity. Yeah. You got a weapon. You know what? Let them get out there and, and do damage to the other team. Well, you know, Chris, I, I talked about this with, uh, with Hustler on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, yeah. just a little while ago. And uh, their audience should be joining us uh, in, in just a minute. But uh, what do you do when Kenny Lawler's back? Because wow. you got Lawler, you got Agadosi, you got McCray. That's three Americans right there. Then you have Rashid Bailey, and you have um uh so that that's four Americans, sorry. And then you got Dembski. Oh uh, Dalton Schoen. There's your fifth American. Then you got oh, Dembski Dalton. and Wolitarski. Um nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen to uh What are you gonna do? Oh I mean uh, Dalton Wolitarski. The where I might see a change happening. And it may be McCray in this instance. I think McCray might just be that might be when they if you get a Lawler back, that's a special type of athlete, right? You know, I mean he's he's a tremendous receiver. The only other option I can see, would they take out a, a, a Rashid Bailey and put him in that spot? You know, that's he's a such possibility. a good run blocker though. Rashid Bailey is such a lifeblood of this team, though. He's such a leader mm-hmm. on that team. Uh, he makes the hard catches, he does a great job blocking downfield. Don't look at his stats, he's got 12 catches for 94 yards and a couple of touchdowns. 
The fact is when he does what he doesn't have the ball is so important. So I think, I mean, to me, the obvious play would be, to your point, is that's one place where I guess I would say, McCray, you're just going to be returning kicks now. And Lawler, and they might make make, make the career uh, the DA, you know what I mean? The designated Americans where he can play and then yep. put him back in there. But I don't know how close we are. I read something in the paper that we're getting closer to a solution for this uh, Kenny Lawler situation. I still have not heard anything. I, I think it's just uh, remaining hopeful. You wonder if it's going to keep dragging. I mean, uh, obviously, it's very frustrating for both the club and more especially for Kenny Lawler, who wants to get out of field. He's not getting paid. And that's tough when you're not getting now, the bombers. And he can't even be with the team. He can't even be with the team. That That's his, that's almost as bad. They're not supposed to be paying the guys, but I know how the league works, too. And I guarantee there might be a little sliding of the, uh, you know, knock on the old hotel door where you are. Oh, look, a little envelope. Oh. Cash. Well, you know what? You know. It's more likely that they would restructure his contract, right? Oh, He's sure, on the suspended sure. list, so his salary doesn't count against the cap, but then you could restructure his contract and give him a mid-season bonus, right? Oh, there's always a, a way to play it, yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll do that. I think that right now, you know, you're not trying to spend money where you don't have to spend money. They want him to get back, but I mean, that is a great predicament. I mean, any team would love to have that predicament, DB, where you are basically looking to put an all-star in an all-star lineup. And you're like, where do I put this guy? Where do, who do I take out? And, I mean, you're not going to take what Walatar. I'm blown away. I think the guitar man, Walatarski, is playing outstanding this year. Dalton Schoen speaks for himself. Dembski ain't going anywhere. Um, you know, Rashid Bailey, I love the way he plays. I think the only spot is McCray. But having said that, you know, you just hope everybody stays healthy and they can have that luxury. Right. Uh, I can't even imagine what this team is going to look like when they get him back and they got a full lineup with him in the lineup because he's such a deep threat. He's got such great hands. Um, yeah, you know, you wonder. I mean, I think he made the good move getting out of Edmonton because, oh boy, they were they used to be the they used to be the elite league the Eskimos yep. before they became the Elks, and they were living in the penthouse. And I got to tell you right now, you hear that flush? Now they're in the outhouse. That's how bad it is right now. Yeah, speaking of getting out of Edmonton in time, Sergio Castillo, he has been perfect. He has been perfect for the Blue Bombers this season. Three for three this past week, including a 47-yarder to kick things off. He has now hit 21 straight. 11 straight this year, 11 for 11. And then going back to September 16th of last season when he was with Edmonton, 21 straight field goals for Sergio Castillo. So Winnipeg in, in good hands there. And while... Castillo's made 11 straight for Winnipeg. Mark Leggio, yeah. I think he's made 10 or yeah. 11. I think he's at 11 now. 11 straight field goals for the for um, the, the Hamilton him. Tiger Cats. Yeah. Uh, yeah defensively, yeah. Chris. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, defensively, uh, things not uh, looking too different than they have in years past. Uh, or, pardon me, in weeks past. Uh, Abu Durame Soiree remains at field corner. And this is maybe for the time being. Uh, I would love to get your perspective, Chris, on when guys are coming back from injury. In the case of Winnipeg, it is Winston Rose, who uh, was practicing this week and moving uh, or uh, practicing with the first team offense. And he was right here where Demurio Houston normally starts. Uh, Rose was there in practice this week and Houston bumps over to this spot and, and kind of bumping Durame Soiree. Rose is not going to be activated, remains on the six game injured list, but very close to a return. Uh, 
your 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 kind of take on when that veteran comes back um and and you got to make some some moves around that is such a tough decision i talked about this before with another player who i'll mention right after this but i think the way that abu uh, dirami suari is playing he's getting stronger every game he's getting more comfortable at that wide side uh, corner position i think that it comes down to do you want the chemistry? It's like a chemistry thing, too. I mean, he's playing beside Evan Holm. They get to know each other a little bit. Yeah, you got Winston Rose. He's a former all-star. He led the league in interceptions a couple years ago. But, uh, you know, it's funny. You got guys that start to play well. How do you, you know, you have to really say, now, is it the veteran presence that's going to take place over the rookie? You know, is it Abu's, uh, you know, a Colgate, first year out of Colgate? Or do you go with, uh, you know, a veteran like Winston Rose who knows the game has been in this scene almost every situation. That's a tough call, buddy. I mean, that's one of the calls I wouldn't want to make, and that might be obviously something that Richie Hall, defense coordinator, is going to have to sit down with his DB coach and figure it out. Uh, I think the other one that's very interesting, and I'm kind of jumping on it, is uh, I saw that Kyrie Wilson is back practicing. Yeah. And I mentioned this last last podcast. I said, you know what, Darren? The way Malik Clements is playing, who do you take out? You gotta take my lead Clemens up and and listen, Carter Wilson's a stud. He was having a fantastic year. He was, I think he was the most outstanding defensive player for the Bombers leading up to that injury. And obviously he got hurt. Now he's coming back. Long road, long road for the young fella. But the way that and you've talked about Malik Clemens and him, he's got three sacks, two sacks, whatever. He's all over the place. Um, he's just making his presence known. He flies to the football. How do you put him in the lineup? So it's the same scenario as the Winston Rose, Abu Dharami Swari story. I don't yeah. know. Um, you, they've got uh, just so many riches. They're blessed with so much talent. Yeah. Now, you're not going to keep a guy on the free agent list because I tell you what, those guys want to play. That's the other aspect of a DB. Kyrie wants to play. He's getting close. He wants to be on the field now. He's not going to take a job on a practice roster. And some, if he does, I'm telling you right now, you can only protect players for so long, and someone's going to offer them money to come play somewhere else, and that's what they do. They go to the best teams, and they start cherry-picking some of your players off the practice roster, and I can see right. that happening. Yeah, I, I know uh, nobody wants to see that happen, but it is absolutely a possibility. Of course, if another team wants to grab a player from an opposing absolutely. team's practice roster, they have to activate them and play them immediately that right week. Yeah. So uh, some positions more difficult than others uh, to grab a guy. So with Winston Rose back at practice, uh, it's a short week for Winnipeg. They've got the Edmonton Elks uh, in in like six days following Saturday's game in Ottawa uh, and then a bye week. So I think they're probably going to be cautious with these guys returning Winston Rose yeah. and Jamal Parker as DBs, Kyrie Wilson as a uh, linebacker. I, I think he's still going to be a little bit um, pretty uh, yeah. tough Achilles injury last season. Connor Burtonshaw, uh, the fullback yeah. uh, also back practicing too. I think that's a great point. And I, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that, but the bye week is so important. And to give an extra week to heal to get back, it's a smart move, DB. I think that's a great point. I think that's what will probably will happen. Um, you know, you're talking about, and I know we don't want to get too far ahead, but it, I hate to say these are bingo spots, but Ottawa is just struggling. The only thing that makes me positive about Ottawa is their defense is not playing bad. Ottawa has a pretty good dang defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can continue to play, they've only given up 14 points in the last two games. They're the least penalized team, so head coach Bobby Dice has got these guys playing smart football too. They're not taking stupid penalties. Did you watch 
that Edmonton game yesterday? What yes, the? And come on, man. Did you see that <laughs> Cornhusker, Corn Cornelius, whatever his name is, Cornelius? What was he doing? He's going down. He flips the ball up in the air. He was making some um, mistakes. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I, I don't even want to get into the tire fire that is Edmonton. You know what I mean? I don't want to get into it. It's just we're going to replay him next week. My point is, yeah, Ottawa is going to give him a better game. I think Edmonton, you know, it can play well if they can get. It just shows the importance of quarterback position. If I think it shows the importance of coaching they, because I, I just don't see that team. When you got mistakes well, might... across the field, you know, uh, I think it, it goes into more than, uh, you know, well, the, the players on the field. I, know coaching. I think that they're yeah. talking right now that they want to get a new coach. They want to put G. Roy Simon as a GM now. And, yeah. uh, but, we'll you see. know, he's got a four-year contract. And I thought it was a one-year, one-year, one-year deal. It's four years. They, I don't think they can afford to get rid of him. I told so you I didn't want to talk year. about Edmonton. I thought I told you that. I, no, you did, but I, you know, I'm all over the place because the league is more than just us. As good as we are, it is about everybody, buddy. And I just, I'd like the league to flourish. I don't that like when true. we look stupid. When the that league is looks true. Bad. Uh, so that's the, something I bring it up. The Ottawa Red Blacks uh, at one and three, hosting the four and one Blue Bombers. They're going to be without defensive back Kiriel Brooks as well as uh, Money Hunter. Hunter on the six game. Brooks uh, just hasn't been able to practice uh, as of late and on the one game. Shaq Evans out of the lineup uh, and on the six game, he is uh, you know one of those offensive weapons they brought in uh, via free agency. Also, yes. Devontae Dedman back from the NFL, but on the six-game injured list. So it will be uh, Brandon Dandridge, uh, their cornerback, uh, handling things. But uh, defensively, Chris, defensively, they're they're banged up, but they still have one of the most impactful defensive ends in the league, and that's Lorenzo Malden third right here at defensive end. Look out for him. He is going to bring it. Uh, offensively, um, Avery Williams uh, at running back, they have not been able to run the ball too, too much this season. But uh, if there was ever a game they need to and give their quarterback some support, uh, it is this one. Nate Bahar, Jalen Acklin, uh, those are the two receivers, I think, uh, most notable to watch uh, offensively for the Red Blacks. Yeah, they should, offensively they're just a they're a they're a team that just man they haven't done much. They got two touchdowns or three touchdowns on the year. I was looking at some of their stats. They have uh, one passing touchdown and two rushing touchdowns or three rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's just it's terrible. Uh, you, you know, it's just something they're just not getting um, any kind of consistency, any kind of uh, of uh, offensive production. Listen, to this Arbuckle, the two start two quarterbacks now. So you got Dustin Crumble who start, Nick Arbuckle who's had struggles. These guys have had 34 off, These guys have had 34 offensive drives combined. They've got one touchdown. Uh, you know they haven't even thrown a touchdown. I mean, you look at Arbuckle, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just not pretty. Uh, that's why I say the, the the key to this team to me will be special teams in Ottawa because they got good special teams. I'm a big fan of Louis Ward and, uh, and Richie Leone. Uh, but I think their defense is a very good defense. They're number two in points. You only give up 16 points a game. They have to keep that team in. They've got to keep the bomber offense off the field. And after you saw what they did to Calgary, which was one of the most impressive drives that I've seen as a football player, nine-minute drive to kill the clock uh, against the Stampeders was phenomenal. 
What's going on, Merle? Joining us, uh, watching live on YouTube. He says, uh, nice transition from Winnipeg Sports Talk. Love this. Great way to kill time with pulled pork on the smoker. Merle, I'm on my way over immediately following game day Winnipeg here on uh, Bonfire Sports. That's uh, sure. that's awesome. Um, and welcome, everybody, who's joined us from Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, you got the legend, Chris Walby, uh, alongside myself here uh, on Winnipeg's pregame show. Um, Chris, the, uh, the way Winnipeg was able to control the football uh, late in the game against Calgary was just unbelievably impressive. And I asked Zach, I asked Zach Kolaris about that. He mentioned the offensive line. They like run blocking before we hear from Zach Kolaris. We got an interview with him to run right now. Tell us uh, the mentality of offensive linemen pass blocking versus run blocking and and how they enjoy the run blocking part. Right on. Well, tell me, sorry. Oh, I thought you said you're going to run a, I'm going to run it, but first I want you to tell us about that mentality. Oh, mentality is great. I mean, do you want to be the hammer or do you want to be the nail? That's the old saying, right? You want to come out, you want to be aggressive, you want to run block. Run block's a lot more fun, especially when you're successful, especially when you can wear the team on. If you watched the Stampeders last week, the way the Bomber front five and the fullbacks blocking, um, and they open up holes for uh, Brady Oliveira. I thought that Pat Newfield had a fantastic game. As a matter of fact, I thought both guards played very well. Jeff mm-hmm. Gray and Pat Newfield, uh, you know, really sealing holes in the middle because uh, uh, Brady Oliveira did a great job uh, rushing. So, I mean, um, if you can do that and you can watch how it tires down a defense, there's nothing like that. I mean, when you're just getting beat and you're getting beat and you know it's coming and you still can't stop it, that is so deflating. And, uh, you know, they're looking at the clock going, oh, let's run the clock out already. Let's get out of here, man. I mean, they held – and that, and that's not even talking about a defense holding Jake Mayer, who is not the mayor anymore, hardly, uh, to 122 yards passing. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just really impressed with the way the Bombers offensive line has been playing. Uh, they've had one blotchy game or one, you know, game where I wasn't too impressed. We saw that BC game. BC's hey, playing well. I'll give them hey, credit. BC's good for defense. Winnipeg has, Ottawa, Winnipeg has Ottawa on Saturday. Edmonton back home the following Thursday, then a bye week, August 4th, IG Field, Bombers, BC Lions, and the rematch. Looking forward to that. All right, let's hear from the quarterback. Here's uh, Zach Kolaris, and uh, I believe he uh, starts uh, talking about uh, Dietrich Nichols as a quiet player in the defensive back. Describe uh, Dietrich Nichols as kind of a quiet star. It's like you, you just don't hear his quiet? name that often. Well, during the games. I don't mean on the field. I just mean during the games because from our vantage point, you don't hear his name that often when you watch the broadcast. When you, well, usually when he's got something smothered up, so, you know, it. Uh, I wouldn't really throw at him either. You know, I, I like going out at him in practice, and he's one of, the, you know, one of my favorite teammates I've ever had to, you know, to practice against, to talk to, you know, in the locker room about what they're doing defensively, what other teams do on the league defensively, and, uh, you know, just about other things. He's, a, he's an extremely smart player. Obviously, he's extremely gifted, and uh, he's a great teammate. He's a leader on this team, so it's uh, we're very fortunate to have him. Quiet was a bad choice of words, right? <laughs> Call what you want. I don't think he'll care, honestly. <laughs> Calm waters around him, is that what you're going for? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he just, uh, again, he's steady. You know, uh, he, you never really can tell, you know, especially in the game, to your point, you know, if he's up or down, you know, but uh, he's fun to draw with at practice from time to time. He's a very smart guy. That's why I like him. Zach, what did you see in the going back to the Calgary game after the first quarter? How did you guys settle in offensively? You know, I, I think we did better on first down, obviously. You know, there's some, some that we would want to have back. Um, you know, you get a feel for what a team's doing to you. 
you know, we, our style of football is a little bit different than than a lot of the teams that will, uh, you know, we watch and prep, uh, you know, verse. So uh, you're just kind of getting a feel for it. But we, we had to do a better job of starting in the first quarter. We know that uh, that comes down to execution of the play call, uh, physicality, you know, all those things that we uh, that we talk about during the week, and you know, it, it needs to translate faster. The guys on the old line said they just felt like they needed to settle in and get more physical and it seems like such a basic thing but what does that look like to you or what does that mean uh, I mean I guess just you know being more physical to their point uh, you know obviously again uh, it's no secret that we run the football here and uh, teams will run different stunts than, than you'll usually see on film you know, I mean I think uh, I'm trying to think back to the Calgary prep you know whoever we were watching before them I think through the you know drop back 40 42 times in that game so you're seeing different fronts, different games, different blitzes, um, and if you if you don't stay efficient on first down and stay ahead of the change, you're going to see a uh, you know a mirage of different things. And uh, but you know I, I think we were able to settle in um, and execute some play calls and, and, and ultimately win the game. When your offense puts together a drive that's nearly 10 minutes, impressive in its own right, is that just a it displaying when everything is going right? Is it? You know, it kind of just happens. It's late in the game, and you guys are trying to to, to eat up clock. What goes, you know, what goes into that happening? I, I think it's just about focus. You know, obviously, um, you know, understanding the situation, and you know, I, we were backed up there. You, you know, obviously, you want to start with, you know, getting a first down. Uh, we were able to do that, and then, you know, understand where we're at in the game. I think we were up uh, 11 at that point or 10. Um, Understand that we need to run some clock, uh, try to stay on the field as long as possible. Again, be efficient on first down. Put us in situations where we can convert second downs to stay on the field. And, uh, you know, obviously when you're, when you're running the ball for six yards on first down, it makes that a lot easier, especially when you have, you know, a guy like Dakota and the way that our, our offense is able to, you know, push the pile on those second and ones and third and ones even. So, um, you know, all those things factor in. It's, you know, it's something that we work on. We work on different situations during the week and talk about them often, you know, dating back to training camp. So, um, I think it was impressive, and you know, obviously, it comes down to focus and execution. And uh, you know, we, we've had, we have a lot of guys that have been in those moments, and um, you know, it was easy for me to mishand the ball off most of the time, so it was good. You mentioned uh, focus and execution. How much is it physicality? Yeah, I, you know, again, to Ed's point, what the offensive line was saying, it was, uh, you know, they, they were definitely moving the pile, and uh, you know, I think offensive line, if you ask, and you know, they'd rather run block than pass block, so it was it was fun for them. Just one more quick one, Zach. Uh, Tyrell Pigram signed in uh, Ottawa. Um, just are you glad to see that he's getting his chance or look somewhere else? Of course, yeah. I mean, you always want young talent in the league. You know, Pig's a great guy. Uh, a lot of fun to have around here. Uh, obviously, he's electric with the ball in his hands. And, um, you know, I, I think he'll, uh, you know, he'll do well in the system and, and learning that. And, and uh, it'll, it'll give him a, an even deeper understanding of what the CFL game is about. Thank you, Zach. Yep. Zach Kolaris uh, talking to the media during practice a little bit earlier this week. Bombers, Red Blacks, Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock in Ottawa. Uh, and, of course, we will have your post-game, as we always do, game day after dark in the afternoon uh, following uh, that game. But, uh, you know, talking about Piggy T, he will dress, uh, just signed with the Red Blacks yeah. this week. He'll be the third stringer. Are we going to see him? Maybe. Maybe as a short yardage guy. Uh, I'm not entirely I, sure, I, but... I think you'll see him a short yardage DB. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Nick Arbuckle's a great a short yardage guy. I'll be honest with you. Mm, I think yeah. that he's got a little bit more speed. I mean, yeah, he got stuffed on a one yard line. But you remember Winnipeg wasn't comfortable yeah. with him running. Yeah. Well, short that's because yardage. they also you got a different guy body type. They like the was... big guy like. Prukop. I don't know. I know. But it was even before Dakota Prukop signed with Winnipeg that Piggy T 
became. I hate when people say that because the guys, listen to this. Come on, man. They don't drive me crazy. Matt Dunnigan, not the tallest cat. You got Tracy Ham, not the tallest cat. These guys all did short yarders. They're all studs. Sure. I'm yeah, yeah. Damon Allen, same thing. I mean, he, he weighed, what, 150 pounds? I don't pounds. think it has anything to do with it. Drew Brown is I, not I, tall. Drew Brown I is not told, tall, and Drew Brown was yeah. running short yardage before Dakota yeah. Prukop signed with Winnipeg. So so Terrell yeah, Pigram yeah, was not I effective. I like no, I, but I don't. I, well, he ran it one or two times. He also took off and made a 40-something yarder run. Sure, when he was running the offense, like running it. Yeah, but I still think that he's, listen, I guess I'm just more sensitive to somebody saying to me that this guy can't can't really do it because of, when they put his height in there. I remember Doug Flutie said the same thing. He went to the NFL. Doug Flutie, too short, can't play the game. Guy won like six most outstanding players in our league. Again, not the tallest cat. You mm-hmm. know, he can't see over the offensive line, man. You know what I mean? But he, but he sure beat the hell out of everybody, hey? So come on, man. Yeah, sure. I, I I get that. Well, you know, I'm sure you agree with me. I'm telling you the truth, brother. Yeah. Hey, that, that's why we have the no, conversation here. Really very there. Uh, that was like a weak one. You know, one thing we can't agree on, though, Chris. What's that? Well, it's stopping by Shannon's Irish Pub, Woo! 175 yeah. Carlton Street, in the heart of downtown Winnipeg. Eclectic atmosphere. Winnipeg's hidden gem under the streets. Just a quick. Brady Oliveira screen pass down the block from True North Square. 21 beers on tap. Every single Jets game, every single Blue Bombers game, home and away. They have got game day specials on food and beverages. Check them out. Mm. Shannon'sIrishPub.ca. Go try the Wild Boar and Venison Burger. It's got a blueberry compote and smoked cheddar. If that's over your head, fine. It is going to go down so well at Shannon's Irish Pub. Go check them out. Hey, man, I've got a craving for wings, so i tell you what. Uh, oh, their like wings Friday are night wings. Yeah. I would like to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it, brother. I'm telling you, one of these days, we definitely will hit it up there. Well, if I don't we'll go to Merle's be- for, for the smoked pulled pork, um, I'm, I'm, I'll probably head to Shannon's. I thought Earl's changed. I thought Earl's went to a different... Uh, no, 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 no. Company. Earl, uh, who's in our live chat, he said he was smoking some pulled pork. Oh, oh pulled yeah. pork. Yeah. No, I'm not, Thanks, going to that other, I'm not going to that other place. No, no, no. No, no, no. Well, that's what I say. I don't. Let's not even talk about that other place. Uh, okay. Listen, I want to go into one of the comments really quick. And I don't like okay. you. I know you don't like me going all over the place, but... Love it. I can't remember who said it up here in the comments, but they're asking about uh, uh, Bethel Cloud Thompson, uh, you know, and asking about what's he going to do. You'll get that uh, name right by the time he wins a, a great cup championship. Oh, wait, he did. McCall Bethel Thompson, yeah. There you but go. Why is this guy, he thinks he's going to go to the NFL because he has only, he only needs a few more games to get his pension. No, no, no. Mm. But it's not a chance. He's 36 35, years old. 35, man. 35, that's what I'm saying. He's not going to go. There's too many young guys in the NFL they're going to bring up. Now, I know there's a lot of guys who are trying to sign him right now. I know Ottawa made him an offer, and that's the reason I'm bringing it up here because Ottawa did make him a nice offer to come to Ottawa. And uh, I know that Edmonton's looking at him right now. Sure. So he could get a he could get a nice rich contract by coming back. Will okay. he do that? Okay, go ahead. You want to you want to say something? Say it. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't want to interrupt what? you. You're oh, the. No, I'm just saying. I think that it's interesting when I get a guy like that because to me, when you get a guy like that who I always thought throws the ball so beautifully, um, and he can come back and play and bring the league to a better place, and uh, if he can make. Ottawa a better team, or if he can make Edmonton a better team, uh, more power. He's not going to go to Toronto because they like this Chad Kelly. Now, he might go to Toronto. I could be wrong. I don't see it, though, because uh, he's not going to go to be a backup. 
he wants to start. And Chad Kelly's the man right now in Toronto, and they got a great start. So, uh, but anyway, somebody asked me about that, and it might be Hamilton. There you go, Travis Kona Paul. Uh, yep. He might be Hamilton. I mean, uh, now that uh, the quarterback got hurt yesterday, that kid, the rookie, came in through a first pass, nice touchdown pass. That was, I mean, but I mean, if it, I think that that Edmonton still could have won the game if they not make so many stupid boneheaded mistakes, drove me yeah. freaking crazy. All man. you do, I, all you want to do, hey, all you want to do is talk about Edmonton. I don't get it. Everyone loves a car crash. I know. I don't like a car crash. I'd like to see it get fixed. Put some put some tires on that. You ever seen a Fred Flintstone cartoon? Yeah. Hey, Google it and look at the cartoon and ask him how that back wheel stays on. If you take a look, like there's it's no stuck pen. Here, there's no pen back in tires. Just <laughs> well, there's a lot of things in, in that show, and then the... these are things that I think about. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure you're a fan of of the Jetsons and the Flintstones, like when they combined, yeah. right? That was cool. Hey, listen, man, all the stuff the Jetsons did has all come to true now. Zoom calls and all that stuff. It's crazy yeah. when you think about. No, it. that's true. Flying that's cars true. is next. Okay, so here's my take on McLeod Bethel Thompson, and two things two things to remember. One, he went to the USFL to be close to family. That was the reason. Because he had many opportunities to make pretty dang good money, like 500 plus in the CFL. Number two, he didn't do it to get an NFL opportunity and get his pension and that sort of thing. Is he going to say no to that opportunity if it comes? No, of course not. But it ain't happening. He's 35. 30 year olds have trouble. 35 year olds, forget it. Uh, it's, it's not Doug Flutie, right? Doug Flutie got his, his opportunity a little bit later, but, um, and, and number three category, number three, our old pal Enoch Mwamba, who hosts the waggle with, uh, Donovan Bennett, the real DB, uh, on, uh, CFL's web, uh, CFL.ca. Um, and, and I've done that show with, with those guys. Great guys. Great show. Um, Enoch talked to his former teammate and friend. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson. And he said, not happening. Heard you're signing with Ottawa. Not happening. If he's not going to sign with Ottawa, you better believe he ain't going to sign with Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. It's easy to get from Ottawa to different areas in the United States. Edmonton, uh, not so much. Similar to Winnipeg with just a, a couple, um, you know, a couple uh, American planes coming in and out uh, as far as destinations and the rest. So, uh, okay. I give you that. That's a great point. And you're right. Hanak Mohamed does know him. They were teammates. Yep. Uh, they're good friends. They want to cup together. So, uh, yeah, I can give you credit for that. But uh, I just think, and I agree with you. See, I'm just throwing hypothetical things out there, you know, and some of it is like you throw stuff at a wall, sometimes it sticks. Yep. But I'll say this. I agree with you. Edmonton, no, he's going to get killed. He's not going to a place where he's just going to be counting clouds lying on his back. He's going to get killed at Edmonton. Well, I don't Ottawa think he, he ain't going anywhere. I don't think McLeod no, Bethel Thompson is going to sign anywhere. Anyway, so let's, let's move on from... BLT or McLeod well, Bethel Thompson or whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a BLT. I brought it up because it, it was a great comment from the one of the great people that comes and tunes into the show here. So, so Ray Shroud respect. was watching is watching live on YouTube and he commented this earlier. Guys, question: In the Blue Bombers scheme, does the center call the pass blocking? In view of the Blue Bombers giving up sacks up the middle. Is it scheme or is it undersized center incapable of handling the defensive tackles bull rush? Before we get you, Chris, the expert to address this, I will say Chris Kolinkowski, according to Pro Football Focus, is the number one rated center in the CFL. Period. Go ahead. 
Well, I agree with you. Now, the point is, if you have beat, it can be for any number of reasons, twists, stunts, blitzes, whatever. It's not always that thing, right? The other thing is the center does call a scheme. Your center always calls the formation. First thing he comes up, looks for the middle linebacker. Where's the Mac lined up, the middle linebacker? Then he'll yell either slide protection, solid protection, you know, whatever they have to do to get the proper protection for the quarterback, depending on the play called. But, yes, good point. The center does call the, uh, the protection for the offensive line. So, what, like, you know, Chris Kolonkowski, yeah, he's a bit smaller. Doesn't exactly have long arms on him. You played with a ton of very good and, and you know, more oh, run-of-the-mill oh, yeah. centers on, on the O-line, Chris. What what, uh, what do you see in him? Okay. Well, I, I don't think I play with Delisle Bauer. He's a Hall of Famer. I play with Dave Van Conan, Hall of, you know, great, great football player. Um, thinking about some of the guys that I play with over the years, so many. Uh, I'm just trying to remember all their names. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's like I'll say this. I used this example one time before. I played with a guy named Bell Belcher. Bell Belcher, rest in peace, Bell. He brought Lone Star to Canada, the restaurant. God bless him, man. Free margaritas and chicken wings. Anyway, we were at uh, – this guy was so good. His, he was not, he was only about 6'4", 250. His technique was impeccable. I would watch him on one-on-ones and watch what he did, how he played, how he stayed low, how he used his hands, how his footwork was. Uh, you go to anybody that was on that team in those years, and they'd all say the same thing. Number one guy, I mean, just technique-wise, he was so skilled. Um and so it's not the size. And Larry, Larry Butler was another guy. That when I first came in the league, I was defense alignment at the time. But Larry Butler was the offensive guard. I think he won the uh, Shenley back then for outstanding offensive lineman. I think it was 81 or 82. And, again, an undersized guy. But just fantastic footwork and teamwork or, uh, or technique. So, again, let's not get – I don't want to get caught up, in, you know, you know, in all this stuff where you have to be, you know, certain size. certain. You have to be strong and you have to have good footwork. Yeah, I don't, we've had guys that used to bench press 600 pounds and they couldn't move their feet. Well, they're not going to play football very long. You've got to be able to move those feet. Yeah, no no doubt about that. What I wonder, Chris, is were you concerned with the line play on both sides of the football against Calgary? Because in the first half, Diedrich Mills was running roughshod. He had seven carries for 76 yards and a touchdown in the first quarter. And then it seemed to disappear. And then offensively for Winnipeg, it was like we talked about Mike Rose and, uh, and James Vodders, they, they were bringing the heat. And then as the game went on, it's almost like the pass game set up the run. It, it's contradictory to normal convention of the run sets up the pass, but Winnipeg offensively and defensively at the line of scrimmage went from a tough first half to really, really good, frankly, dom nearly dominant in the second half. It, how does that happen? Well, you know what? It's, I guess they just, you know, you make adjustments all the time, right? You can't just wait till half time to make adjustments to figure out what the team's doing. What I liked, if you look, you want to look at the, I mean, uh, they were down 11 to one. They scored 23 unanswered points to win that football game. They only had the ball 11 minutes in the first half out of 30. But in the second half, 23 minutes. I mean, the, you, Calgary was never on the field. So to your point about running a football, you can't run the football if you don't have that much time. you got to start putting the ball in the air. you got to start moving the football, try and get back in the football game. Bombers just dominated. They owned that. And like I said, one of the nicest drives I've seen in a number of years, that 9-minute 11 play or whatever – 
play drive to wipe the game and to end the game. Yeah, that's that is what you put icing on the cake. That is putting a stamp on it, saying you got your foot in your throat. Now we're going to crush it. Yeah, it was 15 plays, 96 yards, nine minutes, 43 seconds. And uh, we we heard uh, Zach Kolaris talk about that uh, as well. Tyler Fabry, offensive line coach for the Oak Park Raiders. Uh, one of those uh, football factories for uh, pro football uh, and, and U Sports as well. Uh, Tyler, of course, uh, former U of M Bison. Uh, technique and football IQ is greater than size. Right. He's right 100%. You know, Tyler probably knows. Um, you know, my kid actually played at Oak Park too, which is nice. Uh, but having said that, uh, yeah, he understands the game. Um, I've had big guys that can't move, and I've had small guys who have just got tremendous technique, and you can't take them out. They're little, you know what they're like? They're like little pit bulls. They get on you, and they don't let go of you. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I was All-American in the States uh, when I played in Dickinson. And I went and we played in a team called from Shadron, Nebraska. And I was going against a guy that was probably, I'm going to say 5'8", 5'10". I thought I was going to have a field day. I got a defensive tackle. Right. That guy, he kicked my ass. He got under me. I, as low as I would go, he'd get lower. He's like a grasshopper. I couldn't get any lower. And he just had great technique. And if I went to left, I'd try to swim him. It was just like trying to throw, trying to throw a shadow off you. You can't get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, and I just had so much respect. I shook his hand after the game and said, man, a great game. Uh, so again, not the size technique. And uh, anybody that doesn't admit that they got their butt handed to him a couple of times is a liar. Yeah. Well, a lot of people in the, uh, in the live chat mentioning John Bonk as an undersized. Absolutely. Center. Yeah. Rainbow. Cause if, if, if Rainbow. you're, if you're a little bit shorter, you kind of have a leverage advantage, like to your point, Chris, and it can be tough. If the technique is there and their feet are right, they're yes. not going to let anybody get past them because they're going to be underneath you. Right. So yes. you can be 320 well, pounds and, and move like a gazelle, but it doesn't matter if, if somebody is well, picking you up from underneath. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, if you're looking like uh, if you're a small guy and you don't have, you know, proper or quickness, um, you have to get set real quick because you're susceptible smaller to the bull rush. Yeah. Right. If you don't pop up. So we used to have guys put their hands down and they, we would, I would, I would step on their hands. So I go set. And if they, and if they didn't move fast enough, I step on their hand. Even with the um, yard gap. Oh well, no, I, I was coaching, helping out kids. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that I, would get the movement. I wasn't breaking kids fingers, but I tell you what, you step on a kid's hand a couple of times. He's getting up there quick. He's got his hands up. Bam. There he is. That's See, what you want, man. There's the good coach, and there maybe the Edmonton Elks are calling. Uh, no, sticking no. with the offense, uh, another great comment from uh, Tyler Fabry. More empty six wide receiver sets when Kenny Lawler comes back. Number ten, no. Nick Dembski no. can be that hybrid wide receiver running back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out if and when Kenny Lawler, uh, comes back, Paul Adette asking what everybody is asking, uh, is he even going to play this year? We don't know. And we won't know until we actually for sure know. So it, it stinks right now, but that's, that's the way it is. Speaking of, oh, uh, tell Paul ahead. it's Pluto, not Pluto. I'm not a planet. <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not Mickey Mouse's dog, Pluto. Oh, that's funny, man. Oh, it's just a slip uh, on the keyboard. Well, you know what? The yeah, P and the B aren't right, very man. close to one another. See, I'm watching everything. I read, I read everything, man. That's what I like, man. Man, you got... Well, hey, that's why you were a Hall of Fame football player, Chris, because you got the good eyes uh, along with the, with the size and well, speed. I had good eyes, though. 
not very articulate, obviously, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, offensive players and, and the glut of uh, talent they have in the receiving core, well, he's going to return kicks Saturday afternoon in place of the injured Janarian Grant. Here is uh, my conversation along with others in the media with Greg McRae. Uh, I believe I can do whatever the team needs me to do, um, you know, wherever, wherever that is, wherever they need me to be. Um, you know, I've, uh, you know, they've asked me to do a lot over, uh, you know, the past two years and, you know, whatever role they need me to do, that's what I'll do. You get a lot of satisfaction from not just being given an opportunity, but then making something happen like you did in those opportunities. Yeah, um, because uh, it's just a testament of hard work, uh, you know, I'm, I say this all the time, but I'm just like blessed just to be able to be in this position, to be with this team, these guys. You know, um, I mean, I wouldn't be here, uh, you know, without my Lord and Savior. So, I mean, just being able to be here with these guys, a great group of, group of men, um, coaching staff, you know, it just, and them being able to trust me, uh, you know, it means a lot to me to be able to go out there and, and perform uh, for them. Could you walk us through the uh, the touchdown grab to the layman, us watching? It kind of looked like, you know, Zach just dropped back and, and threw it up there for you to, to go get. Uh, I mean, it was just a good call by the coach. He's seen, uh, you know, film study, going through what we do all week. Uh, you know, we practiced, they repped in practice, uh, got the right call for the right look, um, and just ended up, you know, executing it to perfection. And, you know, that's, that's as simple as that, just a good call and um, execution by everybody across the board. I'm sure you're hoping the team continues to utilize you in a lot of different ways. Yeah, always. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm just, I really just want to do whatever it takes to win. Um, regardless of what it is, you know, of course I want to play, but whatever they need me to do uh, to continue to help this team win, that's what I'll do. Greg, what do you see yourself as? Like, obviously you can run, you can catch, you can return. Like, what, what do you, do you coin yourself as anything? Is it just a football player or what, what, what do you coin yourself as? Yeah, I think that's the uh, ultimate compliment, being called a football player, um, not really being labeled. So, um, I mean, that's how I see myself uh, and I try to, uh, uphold that standard and uh, like I said just be able to be available for anything that they need me to be. It didn't look like you did much, at least my research, it didn't look like you did much returning in college. Like where did this knack for uh, a return game come from? Uh, I mean I feel like I've always had the ability. Um, I didn't necessarily, I did it a little bit in college um, and my running back coach from college actually was my return coach. So even though I wasn't uh, returning in games he always had me back there in practice doing returns and, and um, practicing and honing the skills so that when I uh, get the opportunity to, that I will be able to, you know, fall back on my habits. So. How about that? You know, not, not being a returner in college, coming to the pros, but then being ready for that opportunity. And he really took advantage of it, Chris. It was, it was really, really eye-opening to see Greg McRae do the things he did. Yeah, you know what? I know you call him a crazy uh, he just can't, he's got flat out speed. And, you know, I know that play was so good because it was a great call by Buck Pierce, the offense coordinator, where he ran a little uh, sideline route and he got that one DB to peak and looked into the backfield. And that allowed McCray to just zip past him and go on a streak pattern uh, for that 68 yard touchdown. But yeah, I mean, he listened to the guy talk. He's happy to be here. You just love guys like that. Again, it's another reflection of the guys they bring into the locker room. Uh, yeah, you can be great players, but you have to fit the culture in the locker room. And he does. You can see it. Yeah, I'm, I've also wondered how he got his helmet on. He's got a he's got a full set of hair. I'll tell you, I wish I had hair like that, man. He's a good-looking dude. He's a good-looking dude. Good-looking dude, man. right. Yeah. yeah, and a hell of a football player. And I like that he says that's the ultimate compliment, being called a football player. So yeah. good on you there, uh, Greg. Uh, 
quick question from Keith Lillies, who's uh, watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Keith? Everybody out there uh, watching live or listening to the podcast afterwards, uh, go give a thumbs up. Go do it right now. It's super easy. And if you don't have a Gmail account or a YouTube account, just sign up for a Gmail account. It's 2023. It's time. Uh, And then go give a thumbs up. That's what you need to do. Uh, Keith asking, if Kenny Lawler is on the suspended list, does his salary count against the cap? We touched on this uh, a few minutes ago. It does not. So that's a lot of money saved. Say to yeah. same too with um um you know the 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 Winnipeg Blue Bombers players that are on the six game injured list. If they stay on the six game for the entirety, their salary during that time does not count against the cap. So that is currency that general manager Kyle Walters kind of accrues uh, and collects and builds up for that maybe late season acquisition uh, that they might need for uh, for a playoff run. So uh, there is some good in the bad. Of course, people hoping uh, Kenny Lawler is, is back sooner than later. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all people really want to talk about these days, it seems. And, uh, it's interesting you talk about that, too, because I think there's a limit of how many times you can bring a guy, a person, or how many times you can go on a six-game. I'm glad you asked. So you can yeah. take anybody off early on their first stint on the six-game. But if you take them off early, you do not get the salary cap savings. It's when they're on their second stint on the six game injured list. So they, they are on the six game injured list. Six weeks goes by. They get replaced on the six game. Again, you can take two players off early max per season. So that's, that's a great rule though. To yeah. avoid guys just throwing people out on on the six game to avoid you know play the salary cap game so yeah that's one rule that's pretty good I'll say this though and I, I'm a, it's one of my little pet peeves right now I've watched a number of games matter of fact I've watched pretty much every game the pass I think the command center has to get more involved um, this pass illegal interference some of these calls are horrendous listen the one against illegal Calgary, contact the one that uh, that we got. Uh, to our benefit, that led to a touchdown. It was against Calgary. It was a to, horrible call. To Winnipeg's benefit? Well, yeah, yeah, we were. They were stopped second, and they were second down, and they called a uh, legal pass, a legal contact on a receiver. And the guy just went like this and didn't even touch him. And they, and Winnipeg took over again, and they threw the touchdown pass. I believe it was to show I don't know who he got the touchdown at that time. Okay. But. I do remember the illegal contact penalty that Dietrich Nichols got, and that was indeed illegal contact. Yeah. It, but the, the the reason I think a lot of people don't like it, Chris, and, and this could be the reason you don't like it either, let us know, uh, is because sometimes they're so far away from the play and not, you know, That's, they're incidental. They're, they're, they're irrelevant to what's happening. The command center has to get involved, or they should have a special referee up there Somewhere that says, you know what, I'm going to, this should never, you know what, it should never affect the outcome of a game. And I still remember the Super Bowl a number of years ago, a flagrant, flagrant uh, guy running a receiver over in the end zone and they didn't call pass interference, he ended up losing the Super Bowl. To me, I mean, that's NFL still, that's their own issues, but we can be better than that. And that drives me a little crazy because I think that the referees we do have, the officials we do have are doing a great job, but you can always have an extra set of eyes. I think it's a beautiful thing having another guy saying, hey, you know what, upon further review, right? Uh, we're just going to take a look at it. Now, I don't give a shit if it makes the game going to last another extra four minutes. Do you know what I mean? Get, get it, it right. right. Don't lose a game because of some, you know, and, and that, that's why I'm saying I'm not, I'm not, this is not ragging on the officials. I think we need an extra set of eyes is all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, I'm really curious what your keys to the game are. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 4-1, and one, winners of two straight, back out on the road this week to take on the Ottawa Red Blacks, who got their first win on home turf in like a year, just a couple weeks ago against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. What will it take for Winnipeg to not let this one slip through their fingers? Well, I'll tell you what, an offense, I think that, you know, when you heard uh, you heard uh, Zach talk, I think it's absolutely critical they get first down production. Get out there, a good start. You can't wait, keep hoping you're going to, you know, rebound like they did against Calgary in the second half. Uh, I think you got to run the ball still, uh, you know, just to continue the dominance on that old line. Make them aggressive. Make them pit bull mentality. Let them go out there. On defense, listen, they can't run the football very well. So for me, it's, it's stuff in the run and crumbling crumb. And I'm using a little game there, but crumbling crumb because make him beat you with the pass. And I think, you know, you make him one-dimensional, you got a great shot. Special teams, I think it's going to be McCray Day. Uh, I just think he's going to he's going to do some good things there. I know that Ottawa's not bad on special teams, but I really like this kid, even more so after watching the interview that you posted, buddy. So those are my uh, my little keys there. Uh, I will add one thing to that, and, and sure. I apologize. For, first things first, I apologize because... Uh, I called him Avery Williams. Devontae Williams is their number one tailback. But what I am looking at is the guy who's listed third, and that is Ante Milanovic-Litre, who uh, long time with with the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, He's somebody I think uh, worth keeping an eye on. Same with Marco Dubois. He's a fullback, but the guy is a beast. 6'4", 232, and he has had some just monster monster plays long touchdowns uh sneaky uh, i don't know how much sneaky uh how, how sneaky he's going to be now that he has shown people what he can do but uh dubois is uh is is a fullback with you know nfl style tight end makeup tool wise so you know, uh, for Devonte Williams and, and uh, I don't know too much about Bennett, uh, fifth year player out of the university of Ottawa, uh, but Please, Williams and, and Milanovic Litre, I'd keep an eye on them. Um, you know, cause Ottawa needs the run game to, to succeed. And one last point, it'd be kind of nice to see our old buddy, Drew Desjardins, who, uh, starting left guard for the Ottawa Red Blacks who played with the Bombers, won a uh, great cup with us, went down to the NFL for a year on a practice roster, came back side. He is the richest Offensive lineman in the CFL. It's the highest contract. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see Drew going against some of the boys on, uh, you know, Ricky and uh, Waters and Jake uh, Thomas and Cam Lawson, all those guys. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be a great game, fellas. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. But I just can't see the Bombers, even in Ottawa, they've won four straight there. I just can't see them. Uh, I think it's going to be at least a 15. I'm going to go 11 to 15 point win. Yeah, they're, they're nine and a half. What nine is and a half nine point half? favorites the the blue bombers are but hey if you don't got plans for the game why don't you head down to shannon's irish pub or maybe after the game uh and get your evening going uh for the weekend uh at 175 carlton street jets and blue bombers game day specials 21 beers on tap including some of your favorite local brews and the food is off the charts try the wings and uh, get that venison and wild boar burger uh, in you before it is gone uh shannon's irish pub uh 175 carlton just a quick hitch screen down the street from uh from true north square and uh the other thing about shannon's too i should mention they're open for lunch on fridays now Ooh, get your weekend going early good move I want to say this before I leave you guys. 
Bomber glass. I think you brought this to me, Darren. You notice it's empty. Uh -oh. It's got a little rip in the bottom there. I gotta go fill it up now, so I wanna thank you guys and uh, like you say, give us a love, give us a thumbs, give us some love, and uh, we'll see you guys next and go bombers and leave me enjoy the rest of your weekend, brother. You too, Chris. Cheers. Alright, man. I got to go.